Pubster. I'm Dexter from Pubs. Thank you for joining this podcast, Train Your Dog. Pubs promote positive interaction with animals and pubs, your companion for life. You can find us on our website, www.pubs.com.sg. Pubs as in P-U-P-S. And you also can find us at uh, YouTube uh, with the handler of Pubs Jamming Studio and also at uh, our own blog where we are at Pubs Blog Series. We are also available on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter with the handler of Pubs SG, which is P-U-P-S-S-G. Hey guys, thanks for joining us, joining me back on this uh, podcast series. I hope that you have enjoyed uh, the previous uh, 11 series, uh, 11 podcasts that I, have, that I have created. And I hope that it can be a good uh, source of uh, resources uh, in terms of training, uh, ability to look at your dog, how to make your dog ticks, and how to provide a proper uh, management for your dog. So today our podcast will be Dog Spot for You and Your Dog. I just want to uh, bring you uh, maybe to let you know that I myself, uh, Dexter, I'm Dexter here. I'm the professional dog trainer. I'm a sport enthusiast and I'm also a avid uh, competitor. Uh, I've competed, I competed in uh, dog obedience, uh, dog agility uh, since 2001. And since then, I have fighted for uh, obedience trial champion. I've won the uh, the obedience dog of the year. I won the uh, uh, open dog, uh, sorry, the utility dog of the year for six consecutive year. And to date, uh, I don't think uh, anyone has broke uh, break my record as yet, right? Uh, so that makes me a suitable person to uh, maybe to bring to to bring this topic to you because this is uh, something that is uh, close to my heart. And before we can even look at that, uh, I guess we have to first define what is sports. Right, sports includes all forms of competition uh, and is actually competitive physical activity or games, right? And, you know, the aim is to use, maintain or improve physical ability and skill which providing enjoyment to participants or spectators alike. So in the human sense, uh, I guess we have a lot of sports uh, ranging from football, you know, racket games like squash, tennis, uh, you know, and even, uh, you know, basketball, you know, even the sport of, you know, running, jogging, uh, you know, track and field, and even, uh, you know, four stone, even high jumps, all these are, are very interesting sports uh, for the human, right? And we are also been so competitive that we actually uh, get ourselves into the Olympic Games. Uh, Olympic Games basically is to prove uh, that these activities, right, that you have spent a uh, reasonable amount of time to look at, to improve the skill, the physical, the mental, and that makes you a, uh, a athlete uh, above all class and to be able to be uh, classified as a champion for the kind of sport that you are engaging. So what is dog sport? Right, dog sport are physical activity that involve dogs. This, are, this can be competitive or non-competitive as this activity does not always require uh, the skill and physical exertion of a dog handler. They may not be considered sport sometimes. Right? Uh, 
uh, you know, so, um, and we have basically quite a number of spots uh, that's available for uh, top people like us. Uh, and I would like to bring, uh, you know, to talk about a few of them. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, I will not be able to cover uh, all dog spot. Uh, I will be looking at some that is a uh, spot that I think uh, most of us are engaging ourselves into. And what I would like to bring uh, to your attention is like, uh, you know, what, what do we really do with dog sport? Uh, dog sport basically provide us the uh, ability, uh, the time, you know, to really train our dog. Right? To be good at a sport, I guess you got to spend reasonable of time or amount of time and energy uh, to work and immerse, uh, you know, in training your dogs. Uh, especially, you know, we are working with animals. Uh, I remember uh, I heard before from a Olympic trainer, uh, Olympic uh, medalist, and he was saying that, you know, uh, the tough part is actually for those people who are, you know, into into sport that has a uh, another another human to basically partner with, right? So like the physical, uh, what we call that, the uh, figure stick skaters. You know, uh, and it's always difficult to work with another another person, another human being that is uh, as competitive as you, and uh, it may be difficult to strike that balance. And what more, right? For us who are working with dogs, uh, we are working with animals, animals that does not uh, talk back to you, animals that uh, doesn't express, uh, you know, verbally to you that what they dislike and what they want to do. You know, and it adds to the difficulty uh, for us at dog, as dog people, you know, how to motivate and to, uh, you know, provide enough forms of uh, motivation, right? So that your dog will be, uh, you know, sort of uh, be happy to, to join that game of yours and to then learn uh, that skill set and to be, end of day, to be good at that sport. I remember when I started the dog obedience uh, training uh, back in 2001. Uh, I am spending almost like every night at least a good uh, one to two hours uh, working on my dog Max and you know uh, and I have since uh, you know been training him like you know day in and day out and we have strike so much balance you know the understanding the trust uh, the belief uh, the mental the physical and you know to and how to please each other in order to to be good at that sport. I remember Max being a you know sort of a you know yuck, yucky dog, right? Uh, yuppy dog in a sense. So he will sometimes yips a bit, you know, when it's a, when he gets a little bit too physical, you know. I I mean I, I I need to say that you know when I start training and start competing in two thousand and one, I was using the corrective based uh, training technique. So I can see that there is some form of discomfort, right? Uh, that Max has gone through uh, to the level of training uh, before I get him into the competition, right? After I have made the switch uh, to you know the crossover that we had done uh, uh, before and the topic that we had uh, uh, with our guest uh, Fred uh, uh, Fred Liao, uh, which has uh, talked in depth into what is the crossover and what is the a crossover period that we need to spend, you know, to change our mental, our belief system, our training system, and how do we work with our dog, and then to build the trust again, right? Uh, and hopefully the dog is able to then try beginning to trust us and to work according to our new uh, training system uh, from now on, right? As the positive reinforcement uh, works. 
top of my head, uh, I have a few uh, dog spots that I think I, I myself has enjoyed. And I would like to maybe, uh, you know, discuss with you guys, you know, to see uh, how much you have known about the sport. And, you know, is there a possibility for you to uh, work with your dog uh, into this sport, right? Uh, being a sport, of course, uh, you need to make sure that you go for a vet check and make sure your dog is uh, generally healthy, uh, strong, you know, with all the vaccination in place and, uh, and, and is keen, motivated and willing to, you know, work with you, right? So I think that is the prerequisite uh, being uh, prepared, you know, to, to get into dog sport, right? The, the first one is dog agility, right? So dog, dog agility basically is a time set uh, obstacle course uh, where a team uh, consists of a dog and a handler uh, negotiate with, uh, you know, through a course typically in the range of 14 to 20 obstacles, depending on the uh, the class type that you are enrolling, and to basically um, you know, perform uh, around the 11 types of obstacles uh, to be able to prove that your dog is of good control, uh, skill, and the ability, eagerness to work for you. Right, so dogs, uh, dog agility has been a great sport uh, for, for the world. Uh, sadly to say, they are not being included as the Olympics uh, sport, uh, which we would love to see one day come true, uh, which is equivalent to the equestrian of the horses. Uh, in terms of that, uh, we are jumping hurdles, we are going through tunnels, uh, we are jumping through the loops, uh, we are climbing on the balancing beam, you know, the A-frames, the, uh, the teeter, uh, the wee post, you know, and all the different types of jumps. Uh, the wing jumps, the double wing jump, the triple wing jump, you know, and then the post table, right? So these are the skill set that we will want to do. And uh, you will see there is a few, uh, especially a few clubs and organizers in Singapore that currently they are putting their uh, energy and effort uh, to run this competition. So we have the SKC uh, that runs the SKC itself and also the FCI sport uh, competition. We have the UKI group that has both uh, the UKI by the flow and also the UKI trial. We do have the IFCS group as well. What is this dog game? Right, this uh, frisbee, uh, we call it the dog's frisbee game, uh, where the dog, uh, you know, without having the, uh, or the handler, without having to find, uh, you know, uh, the equipment that you need to have, like for example, in the agility trial, you need to have the 11 types of obstacle to be available to you uh, before you can do the sport. So for frisbee, right, what, all we need is a dog that's willing to play with you, willing to do some fetches, uh, that is athletic, you know, that's eager to, to please, and then a flying disc, and that's all you need for a frisbee or a disc dogging sport. And this dogging sport, uh, in, it, in, uh, in actual fact, basically consists of a few types of uh, uh, challenges. Right, one is the what we call the uh, canine freestyle, right, where uh, the, the team, again, a dog, a human and a dog uh, as a team, is given a maybe a two to three minutes routine with music, and the dog will display, you know, the ability to execute numbers of, of tricks, right, plus the ability to do the number of frisbee stun, right, like for example, the butterfly, uh, the backflip. Uh, the you know the leg uh, the leg hop you know for example uh, things like that uh, if the dog needs to be able to execute 
uh, attribute that, that he is skilled uh, this hand, uh, this doctrine where he's able to do a long distance uh, catch in the air and to be able to exhibit the ability to pick up and to flow as a choreograph in a form of dance right and the other type of uh, frisbee uh, sport that we are talking about is actually the longest catch right this group of people what they do is that they train their dog to go for the longest catch so you are being judged uh, the, the number of catch that your dog can uh, successful catch and then measured by the number of distance that both the dog uh, has covered before the catch and the dog with the longest catch and then the, the, the highest score will win the sport. Fly ball racing dog. Yeah, that is another sport that is very exciting uh, because uh, the fly ball dogs uh, consist of four in the team and in a team uh, you will be very glad to have a small dog right because uh, the height of the flyball jump is being matched against the shortest dog so uh, imagine that if you have all with you the faster dog like the greyhound the whippers the border collie and you will be loose out because your dog has to really jump a high jump right before the jump over a set of four herder goes to the box trigger the box and then fetch the ball and then the return over the four herders. So teams who are uh, very competitive will usually have a small dog. So a small dog like a Border Jacks or Jack Russell's Terrier or some form of Terrier that is able to give you that speed and that small size uh, will be an added strength uh, to, your, to your team, right? And, uh, and to date, uh, the fastest flyball team that is able to clock 15.11 seconds. And in Singapore, we are glad to say that we do have a, a few uh, flyball teams uh, in the past. Uh, we do have a, a active flyball team uh, at this moment in Singapore. But of course, uh, given the, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the possibility, the impossibility of us getting together, finding the place to do flyball, uh, the team has not been in touch for quite a, time, uh, quite a long time. But in the past, we have the... Uh, flyball crazy canine flyball team from pups dog training and this team has done uh, wonders we have a we have demo in the what we call the ENF uh, outdoor game and also the uh, Yochukang uh, National Observant Day Ceremony right uh, in 2006 and our team members are mostly the Border Collies the Australian Shepherds Right, uh, we have done a wonderful job, right, being able to, you know, showcase you know, how dog sport can be played, even in places like Singapore, and we have uh, it shows that how you know our dog can becomes a you know a reliable partner with us, doing a great and highly excitable sport like flyball. podcast is sponsored by Pups Dog Training. Pups is a positive dog training school. We train dogs from puppy to advance. Pups Training currently focuses on nurturing, training, educating and motivating our trainers to better equip themselves with skills, knowledge, experience to ensure continuing education and keeping abreast with the field of dog training. Our flagship programs include online cyber puppy training, life skills, dog obedience, behavioral modification, 
private one-on-one home-based training, and dogs frauds. Next is the uh, doggy dancing. Doggy dancing uh, usually breaks into two categories, uh, the hero to music and also the music, uh, musical canine freestyle, right? And these two on its own has their own merits and they are basically, uh, you know, uh, been trial and compete in a separate, uh, uh, what you call that, a separate competition and setting. Right, so let's go into what we call the uh, hue work to music. Hue work to music basically purely, uh, you know, it almost looks like a obedience hue work. Right, of course, uh, the dog is, uh, you know, really talk about uh, the capability of doing hue work and to be closely uh, method, uh, working closely with the human. Uh, unlike the canine freestyle. Right, can I freestyle basically goes into as the name uh, suggests, uh, it's a freestyle uh, routine. Given, like for example, again a series of a two, a three minutes uh, a timeline given to you with the selected music. Uh, even for the keyword, the music you has selected a theme for the music, and then you basically perform either you know using the keyword to music concept or the musical canine freestyle, and you know, and the theme with the you know, best choreograph dance uh, will win uh, the game, right? And uh, one of the gurus uh, in the Hero to Music will be uh, Mary, uh, Mary Ray, and she you can see her uh, showing uh, showcasing her dogs uh, in craft. And last year, I believe, was her last uh, time, you know, participating as a uh, demo, uh, demo dance, uh, which is, has been a fixed, uh, you know, event uh, for the for the craft uh, yearly competition. The next dog spot uh, that I will be talking about will be the nose work, right? Um, at being a dog trainer, uh, you know, when I say dog trainer, I'm talking about people who, are, who owns dog and they are training their dog, therefore you are known as a dog trainer, uh, but not a professional dog trainer. So as a dog trainer, you must have the ability to understand what your dog is good at. And nose work, by far, is the is the skill set that the dog has inert, uh, internally, you know, self-established and the ability to, you know, to to do well in in that sport. So for nose work, it's something that uh, will be fun to, to play with. Uh, you know, nose work can be doing what we call sand discrimination, uh, searching for live people, searching for you know, uh, you know, uh, for cancer. Or, uh, or even uh, for drugs and also for you know uh, you know for uh, the firearms you know, and the uh, explosive the next dog spot that is available are what we call obedience but obedience is uh, typically a set of exercise where you train your dog to be good at it uh, ranging from name calling you know going into a huge position you know get a dog to walk beside you uh, you know, uh, without tugging on leash and also being able to go off leash, right? And also to do a, a reliable recall 
right, to be able to comment the talk at any one time that you want to do so. And also uh, the basics such as stay, you know, the wait command, uh, you know, things like, you know, sit down, you know, stand and stand for temperament. These are all basic obedience, right, that which is a fun part of uh, training, right? If you were to spend that quality time training your dog, I guess uh, training this simple exercise will actually uh, stimulate the dog, creates the bond and promotes the trust among the dog and human and that will help your dog to become a satisfied and a good and you know that I like obedience the, the, basically uh, because I am a avid uh, competitor I have been competing uh, since 2001 uh, in the SKC obedience trial I have been through all the obedience competition and I've won in every class uh, and I've uh, uh, tremendous success uh, working on obedience uh, I was lucky to have uh, you know my first dog Max, uh, which is a super dog, uh, which given me the ability, uh, the chance to learn uh, what dog training is all about. Uh, you know, as I mentioned to you before, I started as a uh, aversive dog trainer. So Max makes me realize and how to then convert into a positive reinforcement. And after that, you know, I love this sport, and I tell I can tell you, you know, uh, to today I will still want to compete in that. How about tracking? Tracking is another interesting sport uh, which I think is easy to train uh, because you can literally do anything on tracking. You just need a open space, you know, even a corridor or even a walkway that has at least about, you know, 30 to 50 meters. You're able to do the tracking. Right? Tracking just basically means that uh, teaches, teaches the dog to use his scent and then to keep and find that trail and then eventually locate the item or the things that you want it to, 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 to track and basically gets a reward out of it. It's quite similar to nose work, uh, but nose work is more of a scent discrimination, you know, identify the object that you want to do. But tracking is literally uh, what we call finding people, right? So the, the bloodhound will pull over their head onto the ground to sniff, you know, the track and then to be able to then help uh, to locate their lost child uh, and even to find animals or people. So bloodhound has been very successful uh, in tracking. Right, and, uh, and we would like to even look into the IPO, the seat zones and IPO. Right, seat zone IPO basically consists of three types. Right, they have the IPO, right, the, um, what you call that, the bike work, and then the tracking. Right, so these are the three components that, uh, that builds up the seat zone sport. And this seat zone sport has been one of the highest grade uh, of training uh, that anyone can go through. And I think it takes, uh, I mean, by, by saying that it's difficult, it means that you need to really spend your time, your energy, and sometimes it can be by months and years to, to, to be able to bring out your dog to a certain level and compete, right? So that is why we say uh, uh, it's difficult and it's always fun to do that, right? And then the next one is competitive obedience. Competitive obedience is something that I would like to do uh, because I am a... As I said, uh, every competitors and I've been competing uh, to, in, in all sports in Singapore, uh, ranging from dog obedience uh, to the agility trials, uh, even, even to uh, the few trials that we have been competing, and I really love it, right? And uh, in Singapore, under the National, no, sorry, the Singapore's Kennel Club, uh, we have what we call the Pre Novice Class. Uh, Pre Novice Class is an unleashed uh, class where we allow our dog to go through a set of exercises. Uh, typically consists of five exercises would be the heel work uh, followed by a, uh, a recall and then a sits you know a, uh, sit stay down stay and then the last one stand for examination so this is what is being tested for 
right? And when you get a pass from this class, you move on to what we call the novice class, right? And then we do the same thing, the same five sets of exercise, but this time you're going into the off-leash mode, right? And then if you have made, if you can make it out of the novice class, you can go into what we call the advanced class, which is the open, uh, no, the intermediate, the open, and the utility class. Right, so these three classes are what we refer it to be few works, right? Because it consists of exercises such as retrieve, uh, retrieve from flat, uh, retrieve from uh, over the high jump. You know what we do things like, uh, for example, uh, you also do, do things like directed uh, retrieve. You know, distance control, drop on recall, and all these sort of things are, are very fun, right? And I have, I've, I've, and I've always uh, enjoyed uh, competing. You know, at the same time making. Uh, 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 good friends uh, inside the competition trial and to date they are still my very good friends that I can depend upon what about showing for uh, for confirmation right, these are show dogs uh, and I'm not really uh, a show dog uh, person but my wife Debra she is a show dog uh, expert she has uh, show uh, and win or titled for uh, champion uh, under Singapore Kennel Club and she has been uh, successfully showing uh, uh, Australian Shepherds and Border Collie. Right, showing basically is talking about you know bringing the dog uh, to exhibit the uh, what we call that the character, the build, uh, the the size of the dog, uh, the right gait, uh, the right composite of the of the you know of the intelligence of the dog in terms of striking, working, you know, and the judge will come and judge against that breed standard and then to find the, the perfect specimen right that they will then think that is the a specimen that will be allowing uh, that special breed you know to be continue to be a showpiece right of that specimen and to be able to bring down the line you know at that specific breeds and next one is dog hiking right dog hiking to, to us in Singapore will literally means a few things right dog hike that's one where we go to the forest and have a trail walk and the other thing will be a long walk and long walk is also good as, as we will regard it as also dog hiking right so we have a, a group uh, a big group of people who will take every uh, first Sunday of the month uh, you know to group together and then they go for trekking right and it's, it has been a lot of fun uh, uh, you know people will be going a week before you know to set up the trail to make sure that everybody is safe and then on the actual week uh, the whole group of people will then go, you know, set off uh, to the to the to the start point, and then they will go through the trail, uh, you know, with all their dogs and people, right? And the end of the trail, so what they will do is that they will wash up, and then they will have they will call in a lorry of food and you know and wine and and beer, you know, that was where they enjoy uh, all the all the, uh, uh, you know, getting together, you know, having fun, celebrating, you know, uh, getting together with the dogs and things like that. Isn't it that fun? Earth dog, earth dog trials are not uh, very pop uh, are not very prevalent in in Asia, and especially in Singapore or Southeast Asia, I don't really see the earth dog, right? Uh, but earth dog just basically means that you know you have dogs that are trained, you know, to uh, it's a man built competition, right? Where you have uh, a trail that is being dug under underground, uh, where he uses uh, you know rats, uh, even bison or even uh, rabbits uh, to be a target. Where then you allow that 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 the dog to search using the nose, and in the event, uh, the fastest dog that goes through that that mist of tunnel, uh, gets to the the prey the quickest will win the race, right? So of course, uh, in this in this sport, there is no animal that's being hurt, 
the the rats uh, usually two 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 rats uh, will be kept under uh, behind the, the cage where the earth dog will not be able to have a to sink their teeth on it right so that is a always a safe spot right the next one will be field trial right field trial are interesting right field trial basically it can be sanctioned or non-sanctioned right so we have uh, various grade uh, in the field trial you have the open uh, the uh, what you call that the limited open the amateur qualifying owner handler qualifying and and derby right and the few trials are usually talking about retrievals uh, pointing dogs you know flushing dogs right these are very interesting few trial right so you train the dog uh, not only with the sense uh, the ability to, to find the sense uh, not only the ability to retrieve now this dog had to be set uh, into a agile, uh, you know, field trial uh, where it's going to be a long distance. The dog needs to use the the nose, need to find that 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 uh, that prey, and to be able to push through a long period of time with endurance, and to be able to find the trail. Right. So these earth dogs, or what we call the, uh, you know, the uh, uh, the trials, a uh, few trials are actually very interesting, right? And uh, you can see a lot of success from the retrievers breed. You know the retrievers, the pointing dogs. You know, and these are, are, are very, very, very interesting, right? So this is what we want to to to, to really talk about uh, in terms of the field trial. Uh, however, in Singapore we doesn't have that, uh, but we hope that uh, this our sport will actually, uh, you know, be one day uh, find popular here in in, in in this part of Asia, right? Uh, the next one will be a rally obedience. Rally obedience is a another form of obedience trial. Uh, obedience trial usually uh, a bit more uh, rigid, a bit stricter, right? Because uh, it doesn't uh, allow much of the error, right? For rally, uh, rally obedience or we call the rally O, uh, trials are really mixed up of a uh, different set of uh, what we call uh, station where you will need to perform the obstacle, right? And usually we allow you to be a lot more, uh, you know, uh, relaxed. You no, know, you can then reward the dog at every uh, end of the, the station. Uh, usually we allows you to you know and uh, uh, and have some fun uh, with the dog and allowing uh, to prepare your dog for the actual obedience trial that is coming out. High jump sport, right? High jumping is one of the uh, very impressive type of uh, uh, competition, right? And the highest jump uh, jumping dog, right, is a uh, you know is by a name uh, of the dog called Feather, right, in uh, Frederick. In Maryland, uh, and he and she's able to jump through a hundred and ninety-seven, uh, hundred and ninety-seven point, uh, sorry, hundred and ninety-one point seven cm, which is seventy-five point five inches, right? And on the fourteenth September, twenty seventeen, right? And Frederick, uh, sorry, this feathers is basically is a two-year-old female greyhound, right? Owned and care by Samantha, uh, uh, uh. Veil, right? Cementer veil, right? So, and this high jump basically builds the, uh, the drive of the dog, which uh, dogs that actually has the intensity and the you know and the flexibility to make the high jump, you know, and these are dogs that uh, is having fun, right? And these are the, uh, the the unique spot that you can get yourself in, right? So we also have spot like for example hunting, lure, uh, lure crossing, you know, and also protection spot, right? Protection spot. Uh, it's similar to uh, sit zone and IPO, right? However, uh, this protection spot really talks about teaching your dog to safeguard the family, 
and you are trained, uh, the dog is being trained to pick up uh, abnormal, uh, you know, uh, ref reflexes from anybody that besides the owner, you know, that may be uh, deemed as a, uh, as a threat or a dangerous move, the dog will go for the attack, which means it's protecting the family. And this protecting spot is one of the uh, fast-growing uh, a sport that is competing, competing together with uh, Sitzun. If you also have heard before, Myondoring. Uh, Myondoring uh, is also one of the sports uh, that is similar to Sitzun, right? But it's something that uh, you may want to uh, look at uh, in a different aspect. So you can see that we have to literally has a lot of dog sport uh, that we can uh, engage our dogs into. So go out, you know, read out uh, more on the dog sport that we have discussed and also, uh, you know, get to uh, maybe test it yourself, right, with those sports that is available in Singapore, right, and I want to bring to your attention are those sports that are, uh, are really in, in a uh, in, sanction, in sanction trial, right, which means that it's being organized as a competition, right, so we have the dog agility, right, we have the, uh, uh, what we call that, the uh, tracking, right, or the seat zone or the IPO, Right, we also have the, as I mentioned, the competitive obedience, right, where we have the pre-novice as the entry class, followed by the novice, which is the off-leash, and it goes into a few works, which is the intermediate or advanced class, and then the open, and eventually we will move out to the utility dog class, right? And also, um, you know, not being in the in the competition, but there are things that, uh, that I see most of the people in Singapore and the dog owners are enjoying, uh, like what, you call, what we call the dog uh, hiking, uh, some call it the dog hashing. So these are very interesting, uh, uh, you know, uh, activities that you can build with your dog, right? You can join this group of people who, as I mentioned before, they have uh, they will gather every single uh, first Saturday of the month. Right? They will go for a mesh, a hash, right? Where they will gather, go through a a, a typical uh, trail, and then after that, they will have a good time to eat, you know, and have wine and have beer, right? Together, celebrating together with the dogs. Right, and these are very fun activity that you can uh, look out for uh, for your dogs. Having said so, uh, so much on dog sport, right? And what is the right uh, uh, way ahead to get into a dog sport? I guess first thing we need to make sure that our dogs are healthy. Uh, go for a vet check, you know, make sure that your dog is physically fit uh, before you enroll yourself to any uh, physical uh, demanding sport, right? And also uh, go for the right uh, training technique. Uh, I will again uh, recommend you to look into reward base uh, because that will allow the dog to be a lot more what we call takes a lot of initiative right the dog thinks and this is what we call the thinking dog uh, versus the uh, aversive trained dogs they are all in the passive mode and they always will just wait you know until being called to do right so these dogs are literally a little bit more uh, passive and not uh, uh, you know forthcoming and these are the dogs that are really when you look at them they does looks a, a little bit sad uh, a little bit downcasted because they are always been uh, put through the situation where you know uh, it's better not to make any decision or take any step because any error that you have made may cost you you know uh, uh, a punishment right so come back to reward based training reward based training uh, we basically uh, allows our dog to uh, basically take the initiation. Uh, it doesn't mean that we basically lure the dogs to food. Uh, neither are we saying that uh, we rewards uh, for every behavior the dog does, right? So in the reward-based training, we look into a few things, right? Number one, we look into the objective of the exercise. Once we know the objective of the size, 
uh, then we will then aim for what is the marker uh, or what is the behavior that will build up you know to that uh, ultimate uh, goal that you want so, so let's take an example uh, of a, a retrieve right so first uh, we will let the dog you know when and go around and you know sniff, sniff on the floor you know and eventually if I ever see the dog pick up a toy then I will say yes and I'll pay my boy right because that is the way to basically encourage the dog to do what we just want them to do which is a retrieve right and it's not being forced I remember when I was doing the aversive training uh, we use the ear pinch and that is a cruel technique I tell you uh, you really pinch the dog's ear and it doesn't conform you will press against the ring of that choke chain or oh, I tell you that's terrible right uh, and now what in the in the positive reinforcement rhyme what we do is that we allow the dogs to develop that ability to retrieve so we are doing a lot of fun chasing uh, a lot of throwing of toy and things like that and if he ever goes for the toy and to pick it up right then it will be marked with a marker again as I mentioned before the marker tells the dog that this is the correct uh, behavior that will get you the reward so after the marker is being heard the dog knows that that action, the actual retrieving of the toy equals the reward and that will get repeated, right? And because of that, it will get repeated over and over again. Your dog will keep going for the retrieve, right? And then you can then build up things like, for example, now I just don't want, my objective was shift, right? Not only will I want you to pick out the toy, now I want you to pick out the toy and drop it on my hand. So I changes my criteria. This time, I will only will mark the moment the dog fetch the toy and leave it on my hand then I will say yes again then I'll mark so as I increase my moving target as I increase my criteria the dog is learning once again you know to basically improving increasing his intensity right builds the accuracy at the same time you know persist on with that behavior right so you, you teach the dog a few things right the dog understand that if I would persist right I will eventually here's the marker right and the markers predicts to the dog that the rewards is coming right and that is the way we work just imagine right? if you go to your office let's say you're employed right you go to your office and imagine uh, this month your boss is not going to pay you right I'm sure that you know you may also you may want to work for another month just to test it out but I'm sure that after the second month you will call it quit so what does what give you the the, the so-called the absolute right to say that the dog that we own has to respond to us just because there is this a dog and there is always a wrong uh, uh, understanding right we need to build uh, to the dog what is critical and what is important so that the dog knows that by doing that behavior by repeating that behavior it's going to be motivating it's going to be rewarding it's going to be fun and that will build their behavior continuously and the dog is keep coming giving you the, the kind of behavior right I think that is what uh, reward base is all about uh, if you ask me uh, is it uh, effective I will tell you yes it's effective does it uh, able to do well in, in, in competition I can tell you yes I did very well in my competition as I mentioned before right so uh, the sport itself is so much fun right I hope that you uh, enjoy this podcast and I really encourage you to find the right technique uh, because uh, you know your dog will uh, your dog depends on you for your uh, good and sound uh, decision, right? So uh, I hope that you 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 enjoy uh, this podcast, and I will see you again, right? Thank you. Bye.
can find us at pups.com.sg, which is P-U-P-S. Pups has a trainer academy to nurture, train, educate, and motivate all trainers to better equip ourselves with skill, knowledge, experience, and to ensure continuous education to keep abreast with the field of dog training. Pups dog training, we provide puppy 101, pet dog, and dog sport training and our flagship program, our Dog Obedience Life Skill Program, and also the Puppy Fundamentals Obedience Classes and Puppy Fundamental Agility Classes and a Behavioral Consulting. Thanks again for listening to our podcast and we hope you like it and I'll see you again in our next podcast. Thanks, see you, yeah?